welcome to PS, the Puget Sound podcast where we're talking to members of our campus community about their Puget Sound experiences. I'm Elena Becker and my guest today is Kelsey Newman, a sophomore from Fircrest, Washington, which is just outside of Tacoma. As always, the Puget Sound podcast is recorded and produced by Moonyard Studio in Tacoma. Here's Kelsey. Kelsey, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm very excited to have you. I want to start by asking you to locate yourself geographically for listeners. Where are you from? Um, And then, of course, where are you right now? Because we're recording over the summer. Yeah, so I was actually born and raised in Tacoma, Washington, and I currently live in Fircrest, Washington, which is not too far away. It's 15 minutes, 20 minutes? Yeah, it's basically part of Tacoma. Yeah. And... Did you go to high school in Fircrest also? I went to high school in Tacoma. I actually went to the Science and Math Institute that's in Point Defiance Park, which is a big part of Tacoma. And did you intend to go to college in Tacoma when you started thinking about going to college? Did you know you wanted to stay locally? It was always like something that was in the back of my head. I knew Puget Sound was a great school, but really it was just ultimately like where I felt like I really wanted to go and where I ended up. And obviously it was Puget Sound. And walk me through kind of that decision-making process, because of course, at the time of year that we're recording, a lot of students have just finished that. I know that sort of that's still the zeitgeist in a lot of people's minds. So if you think back to trying to decide to go to college, what was the application process for you like? And then how did you end up at Puget Sound? So my junior year, I like had some schools in my head that I was thinking about going to, And um, my parents took me on like some college tours. A lot of them were in the PMW because I really love the weather here and I wasn't really interested in moving super far away. So I visited some schools in Oregon and I was really hoping that the first school I went to, I really did enjoy. And I was thinking, man, I really hope that every school I visit, I don't feel like, wow, this is amazing. But then I visited another school and I was like, okay, I can tell that this isn't the place for me. So it was really, it was really interesting how like each school I went to, like the vibe was different. And I could just definitely tell that some schools I was like, mm, this may not be the place for me. And then when I visited UPS, I never was really, I grew up in the North End, but I was never like really on the campus a lot. Like a lot of my friends in Tacoma were like, I don't really want to go to UPS because like I grew up riding my bike there, but that wasn't really the situation for me. And so I didn't really know a lot about the school. But I kept like drawing, like coming back to UPS and I kept getting drawn back to the school. And I was like, wow, this seems like a really great place. And I was also like financial things are always like a big consideration. A lot of the other schools like out-of-state tuition was crazy. And I know that I want to go to graduate graduate school. I want to go to medical school. So I know that's expensive too. So I was also weighing in like if I stayed close to home, I won't have to accrue the expenses of traveling every time for every break. And it just made a lot of sense also to stay local as well. And UPS just ended up being the best option for me. And when you talk about sensing the vibe on campus, that's something that we talk about a lot in college admission and that I hear a lot of students say, I think is very true to a lot of people's experience. But if you have not had the experience of visiting a college and getting a vibe, I think it's kind of a hard thing to get your head around. Like, what do you mean? I'm just going to walk around and have a feeling. <laughs> so yeah. Can, so yeah, it's very interesting when I like visited some other schools, like there's another school um, that's a popular school in Tacoma and I visited the campus and just everything just kind of felt like kind of dark and dreary. 
And I was just kind of like, I'm not sure if I really like the landscape here. And like the people didn't really smile when you walked past them. But then when I came to UPS every time, even if it was like a cloudy day, there was still like a bit of sunshine, like on the sidewalk and everybody like smiled and waved when you walked by. And it just seemed like a place that my personality fit into. Like everybody just seemed really kind and nice. And the campus is gorgeous for being in the middle of Tacoma. Like you drive down Sixth Avenue and then you turn down uh, the street and you're just like, wow, this is like almost like a different world. And a lot of the other places I visited, it wasn't really like that. It just kind of like blended into the neighborhood that it was around. So I really like that UPS like really stands out for the area that it's in and it's really well preserved as well. And once you enrolled at Puget Sound, did you feel like that vibe you had picked up on visiting as a prospective student held? Oh yeah, it definitely held. I think it was like even just like dramatically like increased. I was like, yeah, I really, I followed this vibe and it definitely held true for sure. And what did you experience in those first couple weeks and couple months of your first year of college? That's another big inflection point that I know people are are thinking a lot about at this time of year and oftentimes thinking a lot about is they sort of think about who will I be in college and what will I look like? Um, But those first two months are also often very different from sort of the rest of your experience in college. So what was the, the transition period like for you? What characterizes that in your memory? Yeah, I think what really helped is that um, I applied and I joined the honors program. So when I came to school, there was already like a cohort that was waiting for me and I got to live with everyone else that was in the program. And also um, every student gets to live with their uh, seminar group. So everyone kind of comes to campus with like a cohort and also like a familiar face that they might see in class that really helped. And also if I think about it now, basically all of my friends did come from like being able to live together and in that cohort. So it was scary. And like, I did come to school with a lot of friends from high school because a few of my friends did come, but honestly, like we maybe talked for like the first month, but we all really branched out and like found like our own people and our own homes within campus. And I was able to find those people within that community around me that I came into on campus. And it was really amazing to be able to share the experience of working together and being able to complete assignments together and having like some of the same issues and being able to work on them together. And will you walk us through just some examples of that kind of thing, right? Like in those first couple of months, what did you do? Where did you go in that sort of everyday life experiences? What were some of those things that you got to do with your honors cohort? Yeah, so um, we got to do some cool events. So we went to the Seattle Symphony together, which was really cool. And we got to listen to John Williams music. So that was really fun to be able to all go together and like dress up and have dinner. And I think that was really the first night that like we all like went out together and we all got to like choose our own restaurant with our friends and be able to sit down and like have a nice dinner together. Because obviously that is different from the just having dinner at the sub. (laughs) But um, we also just got to do like a lot of fun trivia nights in Langlo House, which is really fun to be able to bond with each other. We had a Halloween party, which is really fun. And we also had a holiday party. And just really nice to be able to see everybody outside of class as well, even though we live with each other, but it's just fun to be able to hang out and share those experiences. And I also found that, you know, since we had the same classes together, 
we would be able to like coordinate and like have lunch before I went to class or have breakfast before I went to class. And I look back and those are the moments I really miss now that it's summer and that our school year got cut short. And you're also a musician. I think you're in the concert band. Is that right? Did I remember the right? Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. Did you have a similar sense of community from that? Because that feels to me like another sort of big structured group that would make sense, especially right off the bat to just add some infrastructure to your life. Yeah. Concert band's really cool because um, there's everyone from all of the grades. So I got to meet some people that were like seniors or juniors and they had great advice for me being a little freshman, but it was also great because I was able to recruit some of my friends who I knew played instruments and got them to join too. So it was like another thing where we would like have dinner before I went to concert band and then we'd have a lot of fun like practicing together, reading over music, and then also getting excited for concert season. What's your instrument? I play the clarinet. And obviously you've played the clarinet for some time. Yeah, I played since the fourth grade. (laughs) (laughs) So truly sometime. Yeah. And walk me through again, kind of like with the honors program, what's some of that day-to-day stuff like for concert band? How often were you rehearsing? How often were you practicing? Where did it kind of fit in the mosaic of the rest of your life? So I really liked concert band because it's a lot more flexible of a group. I didn't audition for the symphony orchestra because I knew I didn't really have a lot of time on my schedule for that. So concert band was just one night a week on Monday nights. And then I'd usually go to the practice rooms at Sneebeck probably two to three times a week. And then it was really fun whenever I went to the practice rooms, I'd see a lot of my music major friends clunking away on the piano or playing their instruments too. So even though the practice rooms are like really segregated in a way, it was also like a big way to like meet up with people. And there was a lounge too. So sometimes I'd see my friends in the lounge and I'd poke my head in and say hi. So I really enjoyed how flexible concert band was, especially as a first year student. I didn't want to like get super like caught up in having to like maybe rehearse three times a week with symphony orchestra, but I still wanted to play my instrument. So concert band was a great choice. Do you have to audition for concert band? You don't know. And I really like that because I was really nervous to audition. (laughs) But I think you're pointing to something great, which is that there's sort of these levels in the school of music and it's unusual for a, a school like Puget Sound to have a music program like that. Um, one that is so, has so much depth. But then there's also all of these opportunities built into it so that students can kind of cross-pollinate. So music majors can do other stuff. You are not a music major, but you can still participate at the level that feels appropriate to you. And I, I imagine that's pretty special in the music community also. Yeah, they make it so easy. My friend didn't have an instrument, but they were able to get him one for free and he was able to join concert band. And it was really fun because I knew that he wanted to play his instrument again. He had played in high school and just hadn't brought an instrument with him. Yeah, mm -hmm. but he was able to get one for free from the music building. And um, there was even some problems with the instrument, but the saxophone professor was able to help him out and get him set up with everything. That's truly one of the most delightful things I've ever heard. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and one of my neighbors who lives right across the street from me is actually one of the music theory professors here at Puget Sound <laughs> did you know that person prior to coming to Puget Sound also actually yes he is in a band with one of the families I babysit for <laughs> <laughs> so truly small world yes actually yeah <laughs> 
I'm Ryan Del Rosario, Assistant Director of Admission and School of Music Admission Coordinator. I'm checking in to make sure you know about Puget Sound's conservatory-style School of Music. Puget Sound students can major or minor in music performance, music education, music business, and composition. Non-majors can take music classes, play in our ensembles, and even be eligible for scholarship. Visit pugetsound.edu music to find out more. But for now, back to the show. Kelsey, you, as we've been discussing, are involved in music, but that's actually not your major. No. Tell me about your primary major. Yeah, so I'm choosing to be a biochemistry major. And help me out and listeners out on what that means. I have a vague idea that biochemistry is something science-y, perhaps a combination of biology and chemistry. I'm a real sleuth on that. But what, what, what kinds of things do you anticipate learning? What kinds of things do you do in those courses? Yeah, so you are right. Biochemistry is a mix between biology and chemistry. So it's kind of like a focus on both subjects. Um, it's hard to like do both of them as like a full major. So it's really nice to be able to combine both of them into one. So um, my freshman year, I actually didn't take any biology because I was taking some language courses, but I took some analytical chemistry this year and also some environmental chemistry. And then next year, I'll be able to take some biology and chemistry together. So ultimately, the major is designed to be able to explore both subjects interdisciplinary as well. So there are also some courses that combine both biology and chemistry because they do work hand in hand. And there's also a lot of mathematics involved. So there is some calculus and yeah. And how did you decide that that was what you wanted to study? Have you always liked science? I have always enjoyed science. Um, I did go to the Science and Math Institute, which was a really amazing experience. And I actually even in high school worked with my chemistry professor that I had last semester because he was friends with my biology teacher in high school. So that was really crazy to come to campus and be like, wow, I've already like helped done research with this professor. But um, yeah, I've always enjoyed science so much. And I know that I would ultimately like to go to medical school. And there are a lot of prerequisites for graduate school. And I actually really wanted to only be a chemistry major, but the major wasn't as flexible for all of those prerequisites. But Mm -hmm. biochemistry was because you needed to take a lot of biology as well for medical school. So it's a really flexible major and it fits all of my prerequisite needs while still leaving room for like statistics and eventually psychology and all of my honors courses. Well, and one of the other things that is kind of unique at a place like Puget Sound is that there actually is space for quite a bit of breadth in the curriculum. Um, Your major, the example I often use is that your major takes up approximately a third of your credits. The core curriculum takes up roughly another third, a little less than a third. And then you kind of have a third for whatever you want. And for some people, that's really to drill down on their primary subject area and take a lot of other sort of extra fun supplemental classes in their major. For some people, it's a double major, it's minors, it's to do some, it's miscellaneous philosophy classes. When you kind of think about your academic interests and your academic landscape, what else are you looking forward to explore or to double down on or to sort of work into that patchwork? Yeah, so I'm really excited to be able to uh, complete my Spanish minor by the beginning of my junior year. I really do love the language. I think it's beautiful and it's been really fun to study. 
also am pursuing a Spanish minor because by the time I will enter my career, which is like 12 to 15 years, there's most likely to be three to time three to four times more people that speak Spanish in our country. And so it'll be great to have that skill in like a clinical setting if someone does speak Spanish and not English as their first language. It just makes people feel a lot more comfortable and just to be able to have a conversation in your own language will just it's a lot better in a patient care setting than having to figure out how to say something in English. And I think that feels to me like a really contemporary way to think about medicine. I've said this on the podcast before, but one of my favorite classes that I took in college was a class called the Sociology of Health and Medicine through the Sociology and Anthropology Department, looking at sort of outside of the human body, what are the factors that influence health? How does healthcare Mm -hmm. work how does our society influence how healthy or not you are or your access to healthcare and medical resources? Um, and one of the things that really that class opened my eyes to is the idea that health and healthcare providers could be about a lot more than just, okay, what's happening in your cells or in your body and extend out into how do I take care of you as a person, whether that is awareness of community resources or whether that is, as you've said, language. And it's partly because I'm just recently in the last five years aware of that. It's so interesting to me to hear you say that that feels important to you as a part of your formal education. Yeah. Um, even this semester, I wrote a paper about how like postmodernism has influenced our, influenced our current healthcare system and how there's a lot of paternalism and not a lot of patient autonomy. And a lot of physicians are really just about a cure and a fix rather than like really listening to a patient. So It's something that I see even like I've experienced within the past few months going to the doctor. And it's something that I would really like to focus on and work to change in my future career. Well, and I'm curious to ask you to walk me through that paper a little more because it sounds so interesting. And I realize I'm probably about to ask you to distill like a 10 or 15 page paper into a couple of minutes. But when you talk about that phenomenon in postmodernism, What are the fingerprints of postmodernism on it? Walk me through that argument a little bit. Yeah, so I argued that postmodernism is kind of aided into the creation of something called paternalism. So paternalism is like restricting the autonomy of others and not really giving um, the voice to people to speak or really just speak up about anything. And so in a healthcare setting that, Um, with doctors, that's really dangerous. A lot of them believe, a lot of physicians believe that, you know, they are the only one who can cure and fix a patient and that it's really up to them to decide when really patients do have a lot to say. And um, it's dangerous for them to have this mindset and not listen to their patients and understand where they're coming from. And so I uh, wrote a lot about that in my paper and how it's really affecting people. And honestly, just like making them not want to go to the doctor And honestly, I saw it in myself. I had a sinus infection two months ago and I didn't really want to go to the doctor because like I knew I had one, but I went and they're like, oh, you don't have a sinus infection. I was like, "Hmm, that's really strange because I have a really, really, really bad headache and I feel like I want to pass out. And then I went back two days later and then I was diagnosed and I was like, dang, like I really could have avoided all of these medical bills if someone just really listened to me the first time. So obviously it's a really real thing. And we really need to work on it as a society. I'm curious too, as you think about this very clear career goal 
and this very admirable career goal. Are there things that you're doing or thinking about, like your Spanish major, to facilitate you applying some of your academic learning to that profession, right? In terms of just media you consume or reading you're doing or other coursework you're doing as you think about, okay, how do I piece together this education that I'm in charge of to be a, a holistic and complex thing that will apply to this career and this outcome? What's kind of on your mind about that? Yeah, um, I really do believe in the power of volunteering. That's how you gain a lot of experience. So I used to volunteer at Mary Bridge Children's Hospital. I did for about four years. I did stop when I started college because I didn't want to like put all of my eggs in one basket. I wanted to really be open for my first year experience, but I do want to start that up again. And I also, um, two years ago, I got my certified nursing assistant license. And so I was really able to gain some valuable clinical experience. And I think it's really important um, as someone who does want to become a physician to really understand what happens at the lower levels of healthcare. I think nurses are amazing. They're fantastic. It was really hard work. And uh, now I do have that experience. And so when I do work my way up in the ranks, I will understand where they come from. I also hope to next year to hopefully get my phlebotomist license, which is like someone who works at a blood center and takes uh, donations, blood donations. That's really important. And I think that would also be really valuable clinical experience and I just really think that getting out there and talking to people is really important to help you grow and learn as a person. Also, like learning in college and all of the science courses, those are really important too. But I also really believe just talking to people is important as well. Did anything in those experiences surprise you or kind of change your mind about the way that you had maybe been envisioning your career going or your next steps going? Definitely. Yeah. I watched um, in Marybridge, a lot of physicians speaking to their patients and it's a lot of conversations that you don't think physicians are having with their patients. It's a lot of like asking about their mental health as well, asking if they're okay. And especially in a pediatric situation, it's not just about the children, it's about the parents as well, because everyone's got to be feeling good for ultimately someone to heal. And even though I was just there in the playroom. I did make a world of difference and just like entertaining the siblings of children who may be in the hospital and being able to talk to them as well. It was just, it made me feel really good. And then being a CNA, that's on like the other age range, so a lot of geriatric patients. And um, it was really interesting because a lot of them really couldn't speak or they couldn't really move. And so you, um, you know, you couldn't really like talk to them, which was very strange, but like you would still talk to them because they can probably still hear you. But it's just that age range difference was really crazy to me. And you really have to act with integrity because these people, even though they may not be able to speak, your actions still speak louder than words and they still know what's going on around you. And just that level of trust is really crazy. Is you... Think about the rest of your college experience and the rest of your time at Puget Sound. What's still on the agenda? What are you especially looking forward to? What are you excited for? What do you hope to do still? Yeah, I'm really excited to continue um, developing like my academic rigor in the sciences, but I also really hope to branch out and study more with the honors program. It's the reason why I like decided to join it because I wanted to like get out of Thompson Hall, which is the science building. I didn't want to spend all of my time in there. 
And um, the required courses seem really interesting. I've never studied art before, so I'd love to be able to take a class in that. I'm also really excited to eventually be able to take the um, Health Connections course, which seems really fascinating. I'm excited to continue taking um, courses that are outside of my major as well. One of the prerequisites for medical school is a, a, a psychology course, and I've never like studied anything close to that before, but a lot of my friends says it's really cool, so I'm really excited to continue doing that as well. I'm really excited to be the RCC for Lingua this year and be on the Residence Life team, and I hope that I can continue that for the rest of my time here and continue to be a student leader. And I also recently joined Greek Life on campus, so I'm also really excited to um, continue that through the rest of my time here. I love uh, the uh, Panhelic organization, and I really love this sorority that I joined, so I'm really excited to see where that takes me as well. Kelsey, we end all of our conversations by asking everybody the same four questions. The first question is, where is your favorite place on campus? I really love the third floor of Harned Hall. Um, it's a really great place to uh, sit and study because it has a great view of Oppenheimer Cafe, which is the really cool glass dome cafe. And there's a lot of great places to sit and study. And you can see the whole courtyard and you can see the rest of beautiful Thompson Hall. So I really love working there. What are you reading right now? <laughs> I am reading to the, the prequel to the Hunger Games series, the Ballad of the Songbirds and Snakes. My middle school self was really curious, so I had to pick it up. <laughs> uh, what is the best place to eat in Tacoma? Or in Fircrest? I'll, I'll expand the question, especially for you. Um, there's a place near campus called uh, MSM Deli. It's kind of like a hole in the wall, but they have the best sandwiches. I get the Mike's Deluxe. It's amazing. It's really good. <laughs> and to wrap up, Kelsey, what makes Puget Sound special? Everyone who goes there is like passionate about something different, which I think is what really contributes to the community as a whole. All of my friends like have a different interest or something that they're passionate about. And I think that's what really makes this campus community, a really vibrant and amazing space. Kelsey Newman, thank you for joining me on the Puget Sound podcast. You're welcome. It was great to be here. Thanks for listening to PS, the Puget Sound podcast. If you're interested in applying to or visiting Puget Sound, you can find out more at pugetsound.edu admission. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at UNIV, U-N-I-V, Puget Sound. I'm Elena Becker, and we'll see you next time for P.S., the Puget Sound Podcast.